Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we share our thoughts on WrestleMania, the future for DC for Ezra Miller, and how the coronavirus has affected the entertainment world for actors. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our entire library of shows. And I do want to give a special thank you to everybody who has because our numbers in a time and period where podcasting is mostly down for listening, because not as many people are at work, the past few days for the Pop Culture Cosmos has gone really, really well. So I do thank people for that. And that's all because of you. And we truly appreciate it. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend, who's the man who could wind up being the new Flash. Not only for us here at Pop Culture Cosmos, but for DC as well. But for now, you got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, his great show topic, Ocalypse, and also his awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. How's it going, man? Oh, I should say, what's up, man? Is that a reference I'm missing? What? No, you just switched from how's it going to oh, what's up. Well, no, the what's up, man, is what I usually do. I got to get, can't, got to stay in the rhythm. Oh, what's up, man? Okay. I was thinking one time I said it so much, and I realized after like a year, I said it so much. I think I was going to get a t shirt that says, What's up, man? What's up, everybody? That's what all the regular podcast openings are for every podcast. <laughs> but exactly. Not, not much, man. How you doing? What's going on? I'm all right, but we will touch on Ezra Miller's possible future for the DC Universe coming up here. WrestleMania weekend has just gone by, and Noah Ian Fain is going to stop by later in the broadcast. Not about retro gaming this time. He's going to share his thoughts, and I will as well, on WrestleMania. Lisa London, who's been on several shows, including Lawnor SVU, and the most recent morning show that's now available on Apple TV, she's stopping by to talk about how the coronavirus and all that's going on is affecting her as a working actress. And she's got a lot of projects on the queue that are now on hold because of what's going on. So she's going to tell us a little bit about how it's affecting her 
and her future going forward because as she put it, she was on a roll. Is she going to stay on a roll? Our conversation hopefully will alleviate some of those issues as well. And I've got some emails coming up later in the program that I want to go ahead and give a shout out because all these people that are sending bogus emails, those have skyrocketed through the roof. And I know you've seen it in your email. I've got a few I want to share coming up later in the program as well. But first, my friend, it is Ezra Miller. I don't know. Do you want to go into a little detail about what happened as far as I know it's a kind of like a bar fight, possibly even choked out a woman? This cannot be a great look for Ezra Miller going forward. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Like the, the video is very shaky and it's like it has a staged feel to it. But it, it I don't know. I don't know. There's so many. And we're trying not to say right here. I just want to say we're yeah. not trying to desensitize yeah, not, this. Right, right. It just it feels very weird. It has so many unknowns because, first of all, the video appears to have a, a fan like joking around going, yeah, you want to fight? And uh, he, he goes, yeah, you want to fight? And he grabs her by the neck and he not throws her, but kind of like lays her gently down on the ground by her neck. And the guy with the camera goes, oh, bro, bro, bro. Like, why would you stand there with the camera while your friend is getting choke slammed by Ezra Miller? And why wouldn't you stop recording and step in and try to do something about it? So, like, that's what makes it feel like it might not be real. And there's also the fact that his people, you know, his agent and people like that, nobody has responded to any comments about it yet. So, like... It could be real because it is Ezra Miller and he is he does do weird things, you know, like he wore the the inflatable dress or whatever to the to the Academy Awards. But also, you know, it could be a stunt like I don't know. Ezra Miller is he's very weird and I hear that he's very hard to work with. He's very like artistic in everything he does. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Like it's so weird and the, and nobody has come out and said like oh he's being kicked off the project because usually when you have these things that happen like this immediately people start acting immediately right like with the whole um jeremy renner situation right it took less than a week for them to say we're well we're pulling his his hawkeye show and yeah things like that so it's just no well, right now it's back on for 2021 but we're you know i like you said it's very tenuous at best right now yeah but there were comments right by bob Iger and uh the people that worked on the show we haven't heard anything from J.K. Rowling about this. Haven't heard anything from the uh, the people over at Warner Brothers over this. So I just I don't know what to make of any of this. Because he's part of not only the DC universe, but the Fantastic Beasts universe as well. And he is a major integral part of this, of both actual series. But, you know, if we were in that position, I'd say we would make better choices and say, you know what? I'm in the middle of Fantastic Beasts on one side. And I could possibly even have my own Flashpoint movie on the other. I'm not going out and making an, a total you-know-what out of myself. And I'm just trying to go ahead and stay on the straight and narrow because this is a time I can really go ahead and cash in on my name. Who knows what happens in the future? I mean, we've seen so many times in Hollywood in the movie industry, you're the man one day, you're the gal one day, and the next minute, you're not. Well, yeah, look at Johnny Depp, right? He's a case in point with that whole thing, the whole thing with Amber Heard. And the, the alleged abuse allegations and, uh, you know, there was a lot of drama. People reacted to that literally in the next day after that happened. And he was Jack Sparrow, right? He was the guy. Everybody loved him. Jack Sparrow, hey, this guy. And now he's just he's he's in Fantastic Beasts, but people don't like him very much. People don't talk about him like outside of Fantastic Beasts. He's really like he is in a cologne commercial like that that's the only thing that i have seen him in in a long time outside of you know the jk rowling stuff 
Well, we'll see what happens when it regards to Ezra Miller, whether or not it was real, not real. I, I'm going to say it's real at this point forward. And I, my thoughts are with the individual that did get choked out. I'm hoping that she is okay. And I know that you are too, Josh, I, if, you know, real or not real, I'm just hoping it, you know, it's okay. And, but still, it's not a good look for Ezra Miller. And going forward, if you are in the Fantastic Beast, if you are J.K. Rowling, if you are in D.C., especially the fact that the Flashpoint movie is still something that's not a sure thing. We hear that it's maybe a go one week, and we hear maybe it's not so much of a go the next week. So I ask you, my friend, is the future for Ezra Miller still there in light of all this, if I'm in D.C., if I'm in Warner Brothers, I'm not so keen on, on keeping Ezra Miller around, especially if he's liable to do this kind of stuff. So, yeah, let me just be real clear. Like, I'm not saying I think he's he's guilty or innocent here. Like, I Well, just, we don't know for I'm, sure. We yeah, don't know yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying to look at it objectively. I don't think they'd have a problem scrapping him as the Flash just because there's so much turmoil, you know, in that universe. But looking at the Fantastic Beast franchise, I don't see them getting rid of him because that would create a double standard, right? Because there were a lot of calls for Johnny Depp to be kicked out of that series too, and they didn't do it. So I just, I don't see them doing that, especially because continuity is so important in that. I mean, they might let him finish out his contract and then he just won't get hired for anything ever again, but I don't see them, you know, giving him the ax altogether in that series. The Flash is is probably a big possibility, but not Fantastic Beasts. Well, those are thoughts of Josh and I in regards to what's going on with Ezra Miller. I mean, should they keep him as the Flash? We're going to have to wait and see as more news comes in, as more as this develops. We just hope, like I said, everyone is okay. We, I'm really hoping that it's fake and that nothing was done. But if it was, this could be some serious signs going forward for Ezra Miller and his hope for being involved with not only the Fantastic Beasts, but the future for Flashpoint and the DC Universe. What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with Ezra Miller? Do you believe the news? Do you not believe the news of what happened? Did you see the video? If you have any thoughts on this whole situation, please share it with us. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got a great guest coming up for you. It's Lisa London, successful actress, many, many different projects. You want to check out her IMDb page. Also like her on her Facebook fan page and you go ahead and get all the info on what she's up to. Many great projects, but they've all put on hold because of the coronavirus. She's going to come up right after the break to share her thoughts on that and how it's affecting her and the entertainment industry. This is the PCC Multiverse. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcast. It is Gerald coming right back at you here. It's been so exciting for me since I got a confirmation of this announcement that she's going to be part of the program right now. I'm so looking forward to it. It is a great guest indeed. She is, I guess to say prolific actress is probably going to be the words I would use the most because if you stop by her IMDB page, She's been a very active young lady. She's been on several different shows, programs, movies. I think the most notable ones that are out there are Law & Order SVU and also The Morning Show on Apple TV right now, which is a big hit on that outlet. It is Lisa London. And Lisa, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Oh my gosh, I am I am so honored and humbled to be on the show and excited because it gives me something to do. <laughs> I hear you. When we're at the stay-at-home order, this uh, quarantine, but it's not quarantine, but it kind of is like a quarantine. The stay-at-home. I know. Like I know. It's like they haven't really made it a law or a demand or a command, but they keep you know, emphasizing that they want us to adhere so people can interpret it all different ways. So hopefully we'll get through this quicker and everyone will just do it. Just bite the bullet. Just do it as boring and as and as lonely as it can be. But I think we just have to get past this curve, as they say, flatten the curve. I know I've heard the words martial law, lockdown, and, uh, you know, it's it's not as bad as well, that. I don't but... like to follow rules, so this yeah. is very difficult for me. <laughs> I hear you on that, but it is for the better health of not only yourself and others. Absolutely. So I, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. A world pandemic for a reason. It's affecting every single species on the planet so yeah yes absolutely uh, and again if everybody else does the same in kind maybe we can go ahead and like you said flatten the curve sooner rather than later exactly and that's something i wanted to talk to you about is the importance of the coronavirus and its impact on an industry you are most familiar with and that is the movie industry the television industry the entertainment industry as a whole yes and uh, you know looking at the number you know could you People could just go to your IMDb page, like I said, and see all the work that you've done. Just say, even from 2015, and all the number of, of different spots that, that you've been on and, and that you've been able to be a part of, and all the great shows and great programs and great movies that you've been a part of, and see how prolific you have been in, the, in recent years. And then all of a sudden, it stops. Yes. All of a sudden, it's not there. And in fact, this year alone, you had six, not, yeah. not one, not two, but six that was in some sort of completion stage or post-production that had to be halted by what's going on with the coronavirus. Yeah, it, it, it's really scary and really frustrating. I've been so blessed. They say in this business, I'm on a roll right now. And in, in so many different genres, too, because I'm on these you know, uh, this huge, incredible television show, The Morning Show, directed by Mimi Leader and starring Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Crudup, Steve Carell. It's just kind of like, you know, I, I pinch myself. And then I'm also doing all these wonderful lower budget independent films by this director, Greg Hatanaka, who is so topical on what he writes about and the way he shoots is kind of like Tarantino but he's got his own flavor too. Um, and he's actually, we were just getting ready to shoot a movie loosely based on the coronavirus before it was anything like how it is now. And, and that's so something that's I was going to touch upon because that is on yeah, the very top yeah. of the IMDb page. It is there. And yes. It's kind and of he funny wants to and ironic it, way. He wants to do it sensitively. He wants to do it to reflect exactly what's going on. But our lives are changing so much all the time that it's constantly being rewritten. And then I did a bunch of really cool films for him that were all set to go one after the other on Amazon Prime. And now everything's kind of, you know, stalling and, and coming out later. But great news, a fabulous comedy I did called Acrylic. And a really fun spoof on Fifty Shades of Grey called Body of Night. They're going to be airing on Tubi and Amazon Prime really quickly. I, I think sometime this month. And then the others, Choke and Heartbeat, 
will be coming later. And then I, I got cast by legendary Jim Wynorski, who's like a huge old-time producer, director, writer, in this really funny thing called Cannibal Pep Squad. But that's, we just keep saying it's pending. It's pending because it's all cast and he's writing the script, but, and he's got a, a green light to shoot it, but it's just when. And that's, that's what's so stressful on everybody. That's what's causing everyone, no matter what profession you're in, to be so anxious is that we don't know when anything is going to happen again. And that's something I wanted to ask you is it's so concerning for someone such yourself that has, like you said, you, you're on a roll. You're yeah. getting those roles that are coming at you. And as someone who worked on the back end in Hollywood before he came out to Vegas back in the nineties, I, I learned very quickly if you don't have those those uh, next projects in line, right. it's the momentum. Yeah, yeah. the momentum. Yeah. It's all about well, the momentum. I'm I so, I'm so lucky. Companies that have the same thing. Once they ran out of projects, yes, it was it was a very hard, dark times. And if you don't have that, are you concerned that that role that you're on may may be stopped because of what's going on? Well, first of all, I, I am so mind, body, spirit. So I'm so in the in the frame of mind of let go, let God, let the universe. And I know it's going to turn out just the way it's supposed to. And I have faith that everything, everything that I've done that's in the can already, I know will eventually come out. And also, I know that uh, these wonderful directors that hired me already, I know that we will shoot it again. I just don't know when. And I just have to believe that it's for a reason that I don't get to see myself plastered all over the world when I thought I was going to, but hopefully I'll bring a lot of joy and, and entertainment with these projects that I did with such beautiful people and continue to work with such incredible people. And I, you just, I think we all just have to have faith that we just have to get through this. And really, I think we're all going to emerge as artists anyway, I know um, a lot fuller, like a lot more life inside me to be able to express and share. I mean, I've been writing poetry again, I've been sketching. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, it's forcing us to to use all the gifts we have and, and to use our brains and our imagination. And as horrible as this all has been, I just keep seeing the glass half full about all the good things that I hope we can continue to be and grow as humans when we come out of this on the other side. Excellently put. I couldn't have put that better myself. Uh, as a society, you. as a species, would like yes. to see what we can learn from this pandemic. I mean, because there's obviously something there to teach us. We just yeah. have to go ahead and learn how to be better and and move on from this, but also learn from this and how we can go ahead going forward. Not only just the way that we treat diseases like this but the way right. we interact with each other and how Just we interact go but you know what what is wonderful i think i i i've always been the kind of person that i've um i've been smart like if i know someone's sick i won't go around them but you know when you're on an airplane or um or or whatever, and you can be, and you're around so many germs, we've learned tools to use just the fact to just keep washing your hands, keep putting the hand sanitizer on, not just once when you board the plane, but like over everything. And just knowing also that that six, six foot of social distancing, um, I think we will be a little bit more cautious about how close we get to anyone who has something that could be contagious. 
And I think that's valuable information to, to learn. But also I think that just the kindness of caring for each other, um, you know, with like love and peace in our hearts, really, because we're all in something so frightening together, hopefully that will carry into the great times that are in store for all of us. And we can and still be that compassionate and considerate of each other. I just, and, and also just the way that we, we appreciate doctors. Cause I know so many times we're so scared to go to the doctor or the dentist, even to get your teeth cleaned. And now just to know, you know, how wonderful they are really just trying to help. And then all the people that, that package our food, pick our food, sell us our food. I mean, my gosh, I'm so glad they're getting the appreciation they they deserve right now too. Absolutely. And all to all the medical workers and anybody affected that is still working out there in the industries that they are, that they have to be out there. Our, our thoughts and prayers are with them Absolutely. in regards to this crisis. Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you in regards to your own career is you talked about seeing yourself out there, seeing your, your face out there, and, and seeing your work and ability out there. One of the things I wanted to ask you is the morning show is probably one of the most recent, most notable things that, that people can point to on your career as of recent. Uh, no, and you talked about the tremendous cast that was there. How big of a thrill is it for you to go ahead that not only was I part of this cast, but that you can see yourself on such a prominent platform? Because this is one of Apple TV's biggest shows right now that they've gone. Yes. They don't have a lot of programming, but what they no, do they is don't. heavily what, What's so amazing for me, I, there's a lot of levels about this. It's it's a very, it's 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 what they call like a cameo role it's a small role in the sense of how much time i'm on on screen on this but it's pivotal because it was the season finale and i got to work with mimi leader who is actually a wonderful friend of mine and we had never worked together before and just to be able to see her getting the recognition and my god all the the glowing reviews and everything that she deserves because it's, it's, you know, no matter what, it's tougher for female directors in this town and just, uh, just coming through for her, like knowing that, you know, I did a great job for her. It was just one of the most amazing feelings in my life. And also the show made history, a debut network has never been nominated for major awards before. And I was just, I mean, beyond, beyond proud and thrilled and humbled and honored to be a part of this, definitely. And absolutely, it looks like that the morning show is going to be one of the cornerstones for Apple TV for some time to come. As someone who you know has seen a lot of the stuff that uh, you're talking about, is there one performance outside of the morning show that you point to when somebody comes up to you? I noticed you at the Comic-Cons as well, that you've done work at Comic-Cons and appearances and whatnot. Someone that comes up to you and says, you know, if there's one thing out of your career that you want people to go out of their way to see, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. There's so many for so many different reasons. I feel the same way, way as far as like a small role that, that – that meant so much to me and that was so critically and commercially successful was my role in Sudden Impact, which was Clint Eastwood's Return to Dirty Harry. And it was my first dramatic role. And it's so wonderful because it's 
shot in a way that people would come up to me and go, oh, my God, you were so great. You were murdered. You were raped. You were this. None of that actually takes place on, on film. It's that beautifully shot the way Hitchcock did Psycho, that your imagination takes you to wherever you want to go with the character. So that was amazing. And, and currently I, I'm the babe in the Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber music video, I Don't Care, which was the smash hit of the summer and a huge uh, music video director from England, Emil Nava cast me in that off a photograph, I think, either a photograph or a video on IMDb. And just the surprise of being, because when you shoot a music video, you don't know what they're going to edit or whatever, but to be the featured actress in it with them and the success of the song and the video, I'm, I love for people to see it because I think music heals all and it's a fabulous song and it's a really wonderfully bizarre video. But just, I'm, I mean, Choke, which isn't out yet, which is one of the films I just did with Gregory Hatanaka. I'm super excited for people to see that because it's a very surreal, different kind of film. And, and I think it was a, a very brave film to, to do. So, I can't wait for people to see that too. A lot of good things are coming your way. I still believe that once we get out of this, that your career is still going to continue on that role as it rolls down Hollywood right there for you, right down. <laughs> I love where I live so much. I mean, I have the best of both worlds. I have like total city urban right here. And then I can, just take a million hiking trails. Well, not now I can't, but normally I can. Yeah, that's something I'm so missing, but it's okay. I've been exploring remote areas, unpopulated areas to walk and hike. And But the next couple of weeks here in California is our, our supreme test of everyone. They want everyone to really stay at home, not even go shopping for food. And hopefully we will not see the numbers of deaths that they originally predicted. I have faith. And something that I hope for as well. And one last thing before we head on out, if somebody wants to get a hold of you know what you're doing, what you're up to, I know you've got a Facebook page out there, but any type of social media or where can they go to learn more about what you're doing? My Instagram page is really active and it's Lisa London LA. Lisa London LA is my Instagram page. And then I have a couple of pages on Facebook. I've got Lisa London Fan. And I also have the Pinups Live, which reflects my music career. I had a big major record deal in the 80s, and I, I have a lot of fun stuff on there all the time, too. But, but I post everything all the time. And Amazon Prime, even right now, I've got Holy Terror on there. Wonderful director Rich Mallory did that, and I'm getting ready to do another horror film for him. Oh, also, I, I did a really cool, scary movie called Why, directed by Corbin Timbrook, who's another great friend of mine. And that should be out in theaters as soon as we have theaters. <laughs> but Amazon Prime, yeah, I should be on a lot of movies. And if you go to my pages, it tells them all. But it's basically the titles are Choke, Acrylic, Body of Night, Heartbeat. So, yeah, exciting stuff. And that coronavirus movie. If it's yeah, a- but that we haven't started to shoot yet, so I don't know the title of that yet. But it'll be another Gregory Hatanaka film. So Very important on that Super one, exciting. how that one plays out. So, I yet, know. It's going to be great. That's all, that's all I know for sure. <laughs> and the great body of work that you already have out there and the ones that are coming up on the way. I wish you nothing but continued success. 
I'd love to have you back on the program on again, whenever it's convenient for you. And I'll tell you what, it's just been so great speaking to you today. And again, I just wish you safe health and continued success to you in your career. Thank you. Best of health to you. And I hope this goes viral. (laughs) That's a virus pun. I know it was bad. (laughs) Of course. No, no, that works for me. Uh, Right now we need all the humor we can get, all the puns we can get. Humor, music, entertainment, dance a lot, and just keep laughing. I mean, keep laughing. Anything to break up the Tiger King memes. That's all. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I've seen way too much of Joe Exotic already. Okay. I tried, but I am such a worshiper of wild animals and believe that they should be wild that I couldn't do it. I, I watched not even a whole episode. I couldn't get through it. Well, we what just started mean? carrying out the show as like watching a car wreck. Yeah. And I don't blame you for not watching the car yeah. or the train wreck yeah. that's known as Tiger King. I've never been I've never been one of those people. I I I set off enough fires on my own. <laughs> now if mind you, if the Tiger King movie or TV series, because I think it's a TV series that's in development this time, although a lot of actors have said they want to play it. If asked, would you want to play a role in that? If it if it was done in a way that I thought it could be a great film with a great message, somehow figure out what the message is. But if it's just like a recreation of the reality TV aspect of it, probably not. Because <laughs> you know it's going to be sensationalized at some point. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yeah. And, and if they do it in the right way, um, I... I, one of the films I did for Gregory Hatanaka was Samurai Cop to Deadly Vengeance. And that was a spoof on a supposedly worst movie ever made. But the way it was done was so hilarious. And that's another one of my movies that's out there that's streaming everywhere, too. And I, I've never been in a, a premiere where the entire sold out audience was laughing out loud, like roaring laughing including myself. And I don't really do that, especially if it's me, because I'm so nervous watching myself. But if they would do the Joe Exotica, whatever his name is, thing, well, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to see the script. (laughs) All right. Well, Lisa, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Bye. And coming up next, it's Noah Ian Fine. He's stopping by to recap WrestleMania with me right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. Okay, we're back right here at the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for listening. And I just truly appreciate everyone out there and this time of pandemic crisis to go ahead and check out our show each and every week. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. I wanted to go ahead and before we move on with other topics i wanted to recap a little bit of what went on this past weekend at wrestlemania wrestlemania 36 was not quite live it was pre-taped it was 
because of what's going on with the, the pandemic crisis held over a two-day period and shown over a two-day period to audiences this past Saturday and Sunday. It's gotten quite the opinion out there on the internet. Some people are hating it. Some people are loving it. But everybody seems to be having an opinion on it. And here today to talk to me about WrestleMania 36 and share his thoughts on it, along with myself, is a good man indeed. He returns to us. He was here on Monday, but he's now here on Friday as well. It's Noah Ian Fine. And Noah, thanks a lot for stopping by on the program. No problem. You know, I've been watching the WWF. Yes, I just used the F word. Back from WrestleMania 3 onward. Now, I have been to WrestleMania's 1, 2, 4, 5, and 10. But... WrestleMania 36, I begged because I wanted to talk about this. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing, of course. It's too no, long. No, no, but I do want to say that's two more WrestleManias that I've been to. So, well, Which one did you go to? I went to the one here in Vegas, actually oh, before I even moved to Las Vegas, and then uh, Anaheim. But I will say that they did put on an event. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, first off, they did this under difficult circumstances. They had to. They felt they had to go ahead and provide a product. They didn't want to cancel it. I know a lot of people questioned that. I, I think I'm one of those people that questioned that that logic. But you know, they felt that they needed to go ahead and put on something out there for the fans. So that being yeah. the case, you know what? Here's the thing: a lot of sporting events and a lot of things have closed or or are closing. And you know what? <sighs> Vince was right, and the superstars really didn't protest, and they were upset. They all could have walked out. They didn't. And you know what? I hate to say this, and I'm going to go on my soapbox here. Professional athletes are making more than the healthcare workers, and the healthcare workers seem to be more, if you see the memes, like Superman. So you know what? I'll go with what Jim Ross said in, in his Grilling JR podcast. If you want to get a paycheck and you want to feed your family, then you got to work. And again, getting back to this, uh, controversial pay-per-view that we got split up into two nights, pre-taped, yada, yada, so on and so forth, and what have you. I didn't know how it was going to work. I stated my comments on Facebook, but after watching the two nights, and the previous WrestleManias are getting way too long now because Vince owns... You know, he, he buried his competition back in 2001 with ECW and with WCW... AEW is kind of hit or miss. TNA, I think, is gone. So he's made these pay-per-views longer regarding WrestleMania. I don't know that if we get back to an actual audience again, if this, you know, we go to combo conventions twice, you know, in, in, in a weekend. We go on a Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if this would work. That if I, I actually, I actually think it would. I actually think it's yeah, better. I, I think. I think a one night deal like they've been doing for these past years because they want to put more and more matches on the card and it's been dragging out longer and longer and longer. You're asking people to sit there seven, eight hours previously. Uh, I'm sorry. It just gets so draining by the time you have your main events. It just people have no enthusiasm either at home or either they're live. I think going to two nights is probably a better way to go and create a six or seven day period of time where the WWF can own the space with all the different properties that they have and all the different special events that they can put on within that six to seven day period of time. I, I think, as I mentioned, you know, on our Monday show that the two day period, that's what I think they need to go to. Exactly. Because WrestleMania 35, I think was 
somewhere past midnight at this point. So again, it would make sense. As for this pirate theme opening, because it was supposed to take place in Tampa Bay and they had the Jack Sparrow voiceover, you know what? I don't know when you got sick of Captain Jack Sparrow. I would say for me it was after Pirates 2. I go to Disney World every time. You know, they still have somebody dressed up as him outside the attraction, recruiting kids to become pirates. I could give or take it. I didn't think it worked too well. And the fact that they showed the same thing in Night 1 and Night 2 got a little long in the tooth. And Stephanie McMahon standing behind a teleprompter and saying, we're going to make you smile and kind of feeling forced and taking over the business. And then the other thing that I did not like was Rob Gronkowski as the host, because this kind of came in and out with him. The problem that I had with Gronkowski is the, the first time I heard of him, he's not that big as the way they made him on family guy. But I didn't understand why WrestleMania needed a host and why they needed him. He barely had brought anything. No, actually, he did not bring anything to the pay-per-view. So it would have made sense if you would have brought somebody from the Buccaneers, not somebody from the Patriots. And the fact that he wore the same outfit in both nights, you could tell that was pre-taped. That felt very awkward. The other thing that was awkward was I understand that the superstars were pretending that there was a live audience and they would, you know, looking like they're facing a crowd, even though they're at their production site or their training center in Orlando. It doesn't work that well. You know, I understand they, they, they want an audience and I, and I give credit to the Kabuki twins that were trying to do this and other superstars. It felt very, very bizarre. I just, you know, I eventually went with it. It was an art project, I, f- I feel, that will be in the MoMA next to, you know, the video of the guy who you just watch him eating at different angles. But out of the 21 matches that I, you know, because you got three dark matches that we'll talk about. But out of the 21 matches, how many do you think, just total of matches, not what, what they were, but how many matches do you think were actually worth it? I'd probably say about four, four or five, no no more than that between both nights. Okay, fair enough, between both nights. Uh, I am going to go be a little bit generous and go about seven or eight. The the dark matches you had, Cesario versus Drew Gulak, Liv Morgan versus Natalia, and then you had the newly crowned WWE champion for, uh, against the big show, and apparently he's got a well that was uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but they, they actually for some reason on Wikipedia because I saw that too, but Wikipedia apparently is making this a dark match that they taped and then put it on Raw. So who the hell knows? But Big Show apparently now has a sitcom. So it, that that's yeah, kind of interesting on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. But so no let's get um, back to the uh WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So let's get back itself. to this. Okay, matches that did not work for you. Like, like, out of all the matches, which one didn't work? Well, I was talking to the guys at the ESO Network about this. And first off, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the two pre-produced events, a.k.a. the Boneyard match uh, with Undertaker versus AJ Styles, and also the, Fire, uh, the Firefly yeah. Funhouse match between John Cena and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say if you count it as a match... I'm going to probably say 
the Firefly Funhouse match was probably the worst thing I've ever seen in my life as a match. Okay. Um, people are going to say they love it. In fact, most people say they loved it. Uh, for me, as someone who was hoping for a match between the two, obviously going into a weirder direction, perhaps, that I was prepared for. But I was hoping for some type of confrontation, and nothing came out of it. And it really was uh, quite depressing and a waste of my time. I, 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 as someone who embraces the type of nostalgia that normally uh, you know, would appreciate, just uh, didn't get into it. And uh, like I said, uh, if you count it as a match and not as an experience or sports entertainment, it's probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Now, if you don't count it as a match, then it was just, for me, just boring television. But then again, during the course of that two days, there was a lot of boring television. The Boneyard match as a presentation was okay. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that great. But for what it was, it's fine. I think the Matt Hardy skits from Impact from several years earlier were much better, much more innovative because it was fresh at that time. This seemed to play off of that. And I know there were people that were involved in that that were involved in this. But I'm just going to say right now that between those two pre-production matches, there was a lot of time and effort put into it, and I give them credit for that. But uh, one was executed okay, and one was executed not so well because it just seemed to be laughing at the face of wrestling fans. Okay, you know, it's funny that everybody's bringing up the Bray Wyatt, especially when Titus O'Neil goes, what did I just watch? Or Crusty the Clown going, what the hell was that? Here's my argument. When I found out that Bray Wyatt was going to go against John Cena again, I was like, well, we saw their feud, and I did go back on the network, and I did watch those matches. Like, what else can they do that they already did, and why is Bray Wyatt no longer the champion again? Why did it go back to Goldberg? And I'm, I'm watching The Fiend, and I love the match between him and Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. But I kind of ask myself, what else could they do that they didn't really did, especially with the psychouts? How can they top it? And then I was like, well, the Firefly Funhouse match is going to be like between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton going through a haunted house and going back to the ring and, and pre-taped and who cares? I subscribe to a couple of podcasts with uh, Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard. And if you're wrestling fans, you know who they are. Uh, and also with um, Eric Bischoff. And Cornet really hated this match. For me, I was kind of like, if this isn't a ring, then it kind of reminded me of the Doink Crush match where you have two Doinks coming down, referees knocked out, and there's going to be outside interference. Now, what would have happened if this was actually in a ring with fans? I guess he would have been knocked out and coming down to the ring would have been Bray Wyatt and somebody would have been dressed up as the fiend. And that's how it would have ended. I don't know if this is the last we're going to see of John Cena. I really don't care, but you know what? It, it was David Lynch directing a WWE movie. I'm okay with that. The Boneyard was, of course, it's just to show that Undertaker still has it. Cause what else can he do? He, he's done so many of these different matches. He's, he's done everything from a casket match to a coffin match. So, I'm kind of like, what else could John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Undertaker, and AJ do that they haven't already done? It was experimental. I liked the Boneyard more. Wasn't too impressed with what was going on with Firefly, but I kind of accepted it. The one match I really didn't like, because it went way too long and it's heartbreaking, 
was that, that was Ed and Randy Orton. Yeah, because it was ten minutes too long. I think if it was, I, I think you're you being know, generous. I think you're being nice. I think yeah. it was actually to me about twenty minutes uh, overdue. It really was boring, and it also with the spot which everybody's talking about yes. with the weights yeah. showed an extremely poor taste, especially mm. just coming off the Dark Side of the Rings episodes on Chris Benoit. Just extremely poor taste. And you talked about that, and I noticed that too. And a lot of people have been talking about that. Uh, according to uh, Edge, I, I don't think they were meant to do it intentionally. I think the problem was it was that Randy Orton was going to do any, anything to go after Edge's neck. And it was just the equipment was there. I'm not defending it. It's kind of those things, and I'm just going to move on with my life and just get over it. But, yeah, Benoit is a hot topic. It was a great match for you know, the first 10, 15 minutes and it kept going and going. I got they, a drink. They just ended it after 15 minutes. You know what? But here's what I did like about it, though. It ended with a concerto, which I thought. I was kind of disappointed that Christian wasn't going to show up. I thought he was going to either team up with Edge. I'm glad he didn't team up with Wharton and interfere. But I don't know where else Edge can go. If and Are they going to have him wrestle the Fiend? And are they going to have him become champion again? I mean, if you want to talk about worst matches as well, other than the Intercontinental Championship match, because it doesn't matter who won, who lost, it told the story, and it was a great one too. But those, even the tag team championship matches, but though once upon a time the WWF Championship meant something, those matches meant something. To me, when I watched Goldberg versus Braun well, actually Strowman, both titles, both title matches, whether it's Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. And also Drew McIntyre versus Lesnar. They were essentially the same match. Who can hit the finishing move the most? And then that was it. Here, like, here's my control. Yeah. Here's me putting in WWE 2K. And here's me going, okay, Strowman, I'm going to select him for a championship match. And I'm going to use my controller to give him all his finishers and make him powerful. And then I'm going to select Goldberg as the computer opponent. But I'm going to make him weak and not give many finishing moves and the match is going to end in less than two minutes and as for drew mcintyre as soon as he went in bam 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 all he did it's kind of like with seth rollins last year facing goldberg doing the finishing move and it's done and every time they keep giving brock lesnar the belt he has it he holds it for a year and he loses in two minutes and i don't get it i don't know what coffee did wrong i don't know if he wasn't connecting with the fans but if he wasn't he wouldn't have held the belt for so long. I'm not understanding the purpose of keep giving this to Goldberg. And and, and then it was supposed to be set, uh, Roman Reigns, so he would have lost it to Roman, which still makes zero sense because he's not connecting with anybody. And I know why he wasn't there because of you know cancer well, we, and inefficiency, but I, I don't care anymore who has these belts. Well, we've talked about all the bad parts, and there were quite a few bad parts of WrestleMania, or at least disappointing, I should say. The two pre-production matches, in a lot of people's opinion, were good. Some of them were not so good. For us, they were take or leave it, and in some cases, left it. Uh, the match between Edge and Orton, we everybody, it's universal that thinks it went too long. Uh, and then the two title matches were essentially the same thing, and... Unfortunately, we're both disappointing ways to start new reigns. But there were some good points. Before we head on out, there's got to be some good points to this yes. card. 
And yes. there was oh, yes. there was some matches that that were really to me pretty good. And I'll start off with the women's tag team match, the WWE Raw tag team titles. I think that was a really solid match. Yes, for what it was, they tried hard. Uh, I also think that the Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair match. I thought that was pretty good. No, no, no. I, I disagree with you. No, you know why? Because here's the thing. Well, okay, get, the ending result people are having an issue with. No, I it's understand. not even the ending result. It's just that, you know what? Is Charlotte there because her last name is Flair? Because there's so many other women right now that are so talented that I don't understand why Charlotte had to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I mean, you, you have all these other talented women. If Alexis Bliss can take a step back and go for the tag team belt, there was no reason to put – they could have put anybody in there. I don't see the purpose of keep pushing her because her last name is Flair. That's all. There were also some other good matches. Obviously, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. That was a yes. very, very good match. Uh, you know, the, And there were some good points at WrestleMania. Again, we don't want to totally trash on WrestleMania. And, uh, I went into great Otis. detail on the ESO network. Otis. Otis. Otis's match was underrated. Okay, Otis's match might have been underrated, but I felt it was a match that was better suited for one of their TV shows, Raw and mm. SmackDown. I think there were several matches on this two-day cards that didn't feel special, that they felt like they were just added filler because it was a two-day event, and they didn't make them special enough to say, hey, you know what, this is worthy of WrestleMania, and they felt more like matches that would be better represented on SmackDown and Raw. But there were some good matches uh, if you search them out. I know that being in the performance center was kind of a, you know, not only the fact that you have no crowd, but also the fact that so many people from there have been trained there. And they felt like in some cases, it felt like in some cases that it was a training match as opposed to a real match. Some of them were going through the motions. Some of them were just jogging or lightly just stepping into whatever counters or wrestling. It's just if Some of it felt like they weren't even trying hard. And maybe it's the fact that because they weren't in front of such a large crowd, it played into what they were doing psychologically. But there were there were points in time where you could see that some of the wrestlers out there, and I guess like I said wrestlers, and I know you're not supposed to say that when it concerns WWE, that they weren't giving it their all. But then, and again, there were some that were, there were some that are going out of their way, but it just, to me, there was some issues in points of time where you could see that because they were so used to being in the performance center, that they felt like, you know what, I can just go out there, go through the motions, and go home. And everybody will go ahead and understand because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But we're watching something that people are spending a great deal of money on for both days. And I felt that not always everybody was giving the effort in order to go ahead and justify that pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, some, a couple of the matches, I'm sorry, but the Elias, King Corbin, there was minimal effort. I think the tag team triple threat with the with the ladders because that's just getting really like you didn't have the height and the width to put the correct ladders in it just it should have just been a, a regular triple threat match as for the Alistair Black Bobby Lashley I like them but it's still WrestleMania and I felt like they treated it like a Monday Night Raw there were there were a lot of wrestlers that were given the opportunity and it's WrestleMania, and you want to make yourself known for WrestleMania, even though there are so many pay-per-views a month now. Yeah, I felt that there were a few ma- – even even the um, Becky Lynch. You know, again, I it's not a question of who won, who lost. It's who can put the other one over and who can get over. And I just felt like that match was doing great, 
And then all of a sudden it ended and I was kind of like, okay, let's just wrap it up. And again, we can just, I mean, even the championship matches, Paul Heyman was not being or acting like Paul Heyman. And that was another disappointment. Gronkowski, again, as I said, to be the 24-7 champion made zero sense. R-Truth I've met, very talented, underappreciated performer. And what they're doing with him is really sad. He should have been in a triple threat for the IC. I think, again, my final verdict is the pros were definitely the Kabuki Warriors versus Nina Jackson, Alexa Bliss, Brian for the Intercontinental Championship, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, Otis, Undertaker, the Street Profits, I really did not care too much about. The Bailey elimination match, I mean, if, if Lacey is not connecting with the fans and you really had to push Naomi because she was really making an impact. At well, Royal I think Rumble. it's all about Bailey and Sasha Banks between those two, that dynamic. And I think mm. it's going to lead to it's going to lead to a match between those two. Yeah, but it, it's it's got to happen a little faster. And you know, I I know who's and Braun Strowman, him being champion at this point, it's just too little. And I said this that whether this was live or not, him being champion at this point is going to be too little, too late. And he is kind of like Goldberg, where he's just a powerhouse, and that's it. Should have so, been two years ago when he had a great deal more momentum. Yeah, this is kind of like. But a WrestleMania moment, I think Otis picking up Mandy Rose was kind of interesting. But, you know, I give this in fairness, I'm giving it a B minus because the Boneyard match is in a class by itself. So if I can pick one match for the, to, to seal the fate of WrestleMania 36, you know I'm going to stick with my allegiance and I'm going to go with Undertaker versus AJ because – what else could they have done? And this probably was one of the smart because it was everything. It was a street fight, no disqualification, no countout, and buried alive. It was perfect. This is what the rest in peace match should have been like between him and Giant Gonzalez in SummerSlam '93. I thought it was okay. Like I said, it was okay, and 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 I had no problems with it. I think for what it was, it was what it was. But yeah. wrapping this up, my friend, I just wanted to ask you if you could give an overall grade from one to ten. And again, I feel that everybody should be nice and be somewhat more lenient due to the circumstances that they were given. So I'm going to migrate. I'm giving it a six. Despite all the bad stuff that was on there, I'm getting it, giving it a six out of ten. Normally, I would have probably given it a four out of ten for the deal, but I'm giving them an extra two points. And I'm being generous. And you can, you can send your comments to me as far as Pop Culture Cosmo and whatnot if you want to go ahead and say differently. But... No, I want to hear your thoughts on on uh, a final score. For the well, I, I've already discussed my pros and cons and what the moments are and what worked and what didn't work. I'm going to be extra generous because despite all of it, I was never bored. I mean there were times I would go and get a sandwich or use the bathroom for the Bailey because it went a little too long and with the uh, Edge and Orton. But between both shows, I'm giving this one an 8 out of 10. Because again, I, I think I, I I know who's really deserving of a push and who isn't. And thankfully, out of all of them, if I could pick one superstar at this point, uh, besides Otis, I'm going to pick our Intercontinental Champion, none other than you know Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn 
really, as a comedic villain, he's working better than Corbin with that crown and just like he's he's a Saturday morning cartoon character from Land of the Lost. But it was WrestleMania. It was a two-day event. I'm hoping that they'll return to that process in the future going forward instead of the drag-out one-night extended deal. So here's thanking you for taking the time, Noah, for speaking to me. And I wish you all the best. And I will see you on the Monday show when you talk about a little bit more retro gaming in mind. You got it. Thanks, my friend. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is PCC Multiverse. I do want to thank so much Lisa London and Noah Ian Fine for appearing on the show Go ahead, check out Lisa London, her fan page on Instagram or on Facebook. You'll be glad you did. If you like what we do, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If it has that star system, we truly appreciate it. Like and subscribe. We do know that you're subscribing if, if you do to so get those latest episodes for the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. And if you have any questions, please, you can always email us, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And again, we appreciate everything you do. We know those are tough times. We do appreciate everyone out there that's working hard for us in the times needs. So if you're in the healthcare, you're in the front lines or wherever you're at, we truly appreciate you listening to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Speaking of emails, I think a lot of these people have more time on their hands too, like we all do. And that's the people who send out those spam bots that send out all those nasty spam emails. Because listen to this. Have you gotten the, hi, how are you? Hello, please, can I have a word with you type emails? I know some people out there have. Or have you gotten one like this one? The sender's name is Rodolfi Guaylia, and it starts off, my name is Mrs. Karen Smith. But wait, this isn't the sender's name Rodolfi Guaylia? How can Mrs. Karen Smith and Rodolfi, I don't know, it's just some 72-year-old widow who needs money. Then you've got... Mariam Karam and says, greetings, my name, you know, right there. Once it says greetings, you know you're in trouble. Writer with heart, there's a new romance book for me. Who knew? I've got PayPal and Amazon always saying that I've had these purchases. Have you, have you gotten those? It says you've got these eleven dollars or $1,200 purchases. You got these alerts from PayPal and Amazon that, hey, check into this. Somebody spent a lot of money on your account. Obviously, you're gonna, if you look at it, you get that information, you give them all the information. You know you're in trouble there. So hopefully everybody's avoiding these spam bots that are out there. They're sending you all these emails because they have even more t- you know, transactions. I've got Mr. Robert, Mr. Robert Coffey, attention, dear friend. I don't even know who that is. Telling me, hi, can you be able to assist me in a lucrative business transaction? Aisha Al-Qaddafi, she needs an investment partner. Heck, man, I've even got, get this, and I've got somebody at KWKU8EUY877FIU, and they want a relationship. People got a lot of time on their hands. 
Do you know what I get a lot of? I get a lot on in the Humanican Media email address. I get a lot of people telling me that random strangers died, so they have left me a fortune. You know, come pick up so and so's fortune. You know, hey, your time's running out, dear friend. You from the UK usually you. for me. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I thank you for being a part of it. I know you've got a lot of traveling to do in your near future, so I wish you safe travels, my friend. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, let's hope this this quarantine social isolation thing ends soon, right? So we can all go up, back out there, start buying video games, going to the movies, watching things, doing pop culture stuff again. Let's, uh, let, let's hope that happens here soon. Let's hope that happens soon, indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Hey everyone, this is Carrie the Metal Geek, and I would like to invite you to hang out with myself and my fellow Metal Geeks as we have all kinds of discussions about heavy metal, films and TV shows, video games, theme parks, comic books, and whatever else is tickling our geeks. Please visit our website at MetalGeeksPodcast.com and follow us on all the social medias including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MetalGeeks. We are also proud members of ESO Network, so you can check everything out at esonetwork.com. Keep it metal, keep it geeky, stay safe, and see you on the next episode. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.